Hey, welcome back, Mariners Pod. Thanks for being here once again. It's the Mariners' pretty great weekend as they take three of four from Cleveland winning the series, including a pretty amazing game yesterday. We'll talk about that. A ton went down over the weekend, including uh, Kelnick's huge day, so we have a lot to dive into. Mitch Hanniger just continues to roll. Shannon Dreyer, a chance to catch up with Mitch. A really good conversation. That's going to come up at the end that you do not want to miss. 12 home runs for Hanniger is just scorching right now. So there are a ton of things to like about what the Mariners did over the weekend. Of course, Cleveland was rolling coming in. One of the best pitching staffs in baseball. The best team bullpen ERA in baseball. They have uh, only lost three games in May coming in. They're just really on a roll, playing some really great baseball. They won game one of the series 4-2. to two. Of course, Plesak, uh had a no-hitter late in that ball game. Game two of the series, though, Friday, that was something else. If you were at T-Mobile Park, that's a game you will not forget. As Jared Kelnick, uh, he made it happen going yard. His very first hit, his very first home run in the major leagues. 1-0 here to Kelnick. Pitch. Swung on. Line drive. To the gap. Right center field. Giddy up. God. There it is. First home run in his big league career by Jared Kelnick. And the Mariners have taken a 3-0 lead here in the third. A bullet to the gap over the 380 side by J.K. Uh, so the first one of his career, he was not done either. All eyes glued on Kilnick right here. 3-2 pitch from Mayton. Here it comes. The pitch. Break ball. Hit the other way. A little looper. It's going to drop down. Base hit. Fair ball. Haggerty scores. Kilnick digging for second. Here's the throw. Not in time. Jared Kilnick having a huge night. Clapping his hands. And everybody's fired up at T-Mobile. 5-1 Seattle. So Kelnick, a huge ball game, three for four, two runs, three RBIs, three extra base hits, a monster game. Kyle Seeger along the way making a little bit of history as well. Here's the stretch again by Savali, and the 3-2 is swung on in a fly ball deep into the gap in right center field. Going and going, and goodbye baseball, Kyle Seeger with his eighth home run of the season. The Mariners have taken the lead one to nothing here in the bottom of the first inning. What an advantage for Seager. He goes to 3-2, fouls away a pitch, and drives one into the bleachers in right center field. He touches them all, and the Mariners have a one nothing lead here in the bottom of the first. Seager with 83 home runs now at T-Mobile Park. He's one away from being the Home run king standing alone. He's tied with Raul Abanez and Nelson Cruz. So congratulations to Kyle Seager. The Mariners win 7-3 to over Cleveland in game two of the series. Here's what Jared Kelnick had to say after the ball game. Jared, you've hit a lot of homers in your minor league career and in spring training, but just how surreal was it to come up for a curtain call in a major league stadium? And what was going through your head as you looked out and saw the crowd? I mean, I think it's everything you dream of. Uh, to be able to share this with my parents um, and my friends and other family members is huge and something I'll never forget. Jared, did you think it was gone? You're coming hard of the box pretty hard. It was kind of a line drive. No, I didn't. I knew I put a good swing on it and uh, finally got a good pitch to hit. I felt like uh, all day yesterday they pitched me really tough, uh, just nibbling at the corner, and I thought that pitch was hung a little bit and – I stayed back on it and drove it out of the park. 
Jared, do you think today sort of felt like maybe a little bit more back to normal uh, in terms of just playing a game today with so much pomp and circumstance built into yesterday that today just kind of felt like a normal day routine-wise? I would say, yeah, uh, for sure. Um, yesterday was, I felt like was all about the experience, getting that first one off my chest. Uh, and I was really looking forward to just experiencing it with my with my family and Logan because we were both here. And um, I knew when I woke up today, I was excited to get to the ballpark because I knew that it's it's going to be back to back to normal. Jared, what'd you learn from the first at bat against the volley tonight that that you were able to take into that second at bat? I mean, I thought. I had the same approach. Uh, I just think he he made a really he executed a good pitch. Uh, he threw a split change that just started right middle of the zone and you know fell to the bottom. And I <clears throat> tried to hold up, but I couldn't. Jared, it seemed like you were clearly thinking too when you broke out of the box for both of those doubles. Is that is part of your intent there to put urgency on the outfielder because then they have to scramble to make absolutely. That you know, my ever since I was young, my dad always taught me that, you know, when you make contact, it's always a double out of the box. So um, that's the same mentality I've had ever since I was young. And I think that, like you saw tonight, especially on the first double, uh, I feel like those are iffy if the outfielder is going to get to it in time and make a good enough throw. But if I can put some pressure on him early when he peeks at me coming around first base, um, he may overthrow it and I get to third. Um, and now I'm on in scoring position for the guy behind me. And like you saw in the second, the second double, uh, they gave Mitch a good pitch to hit and he drove it out of the park and that basically sealed it. So uh, all around, I thought it was a good team win. To- Jared, you, uh, I think maybe you shared this on your YouTube channel in the past, uh, Bryce Harper's first home run um, in the big leagues was something that resonated with you. Can you talk about that? And did you know that was actually nine years ago to the day? today wow I didn't know that it was against the Padres I think too right I'm pretty sure it was Alex is that pretty sure it was yeah Yeah, because I was watching that game um but and you watched over and over again over and over again and he did it at home he hit a ball to center field um I don't know I think I didn't know that that's actually pretty cool I did not know that that's awesome Jared, what was the uh, beer shower like and how vicious were they? I know ketchup and mustard can be used at times. <laughs> Dude, I'm hacking up powder right now on my throat and my lungs right now, and it's it's tough. But I'll get through it. It's all part of the experience, and, you know, that's the stuff that, you know, people don't get to see. That's a lot of fun. You ran the bases pretty fast for your first home run, and you were look. I, you knew exactly where your family was, didn't you? I mean, you, you kind of point at them. What was that like when you get around there? And then also, have you gotten a curtain call before ever? I I never have. Uh, didn't even know that that's what they wanted until people were like, you know, get out there. And I thought I didn't I didn't know what was going on until I realized that everyone was standing up. Um, but you know, that's something I've always imagined. Uh, I've seen other guys do it. <clears throat> I remember when Bryce Harper hit two home runs on opening day and he got a, a curtain call. Um, so I don't know. I, th- I it was, it was, it was perfect. 
Hey, Jared, I think your first hit in Modesto back in 2019 was a homer. And then obviously last week in Tacoma, your first hit's a homer and then tonight as well. Uh, is there something about, you know, the new site or being in a new place, the, the first one that you hit just seems to go out of the park? I was thinking the same thing, actually, uh, after it happened. It's just kind of weird how that works out, but uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, complaining about it, that's for sure. Jerry, we've asked you this, I think, before, but Mitch had just mentioned it. You don't – you seem to treat every at-bat like it's a war and you don't give any away. Uh, even Andy McKay talked about that. Where did that mindset come from that you don't give one away? And what's it like when you do give one away? How irritated are you with yourself? I mean, I'm a competitor. I want to win. I want to bury our teammates – or not my teammates. I want to bury our opponents each and every night. And um, – what it, it, it truly bugs me when I give away at bats or if I don't execute on what I'm trying to do. Um, just because like what I just said, I want to, I want to win and I want to bury each and every guy every night. And I think especially at this level, uh, that's what you notice the difference between the minor leagues and the major leagues is guys just don't give away at bats that much. Uh, and, and pitchers don't give away pitches that much. So the ones that the times that they do, you need to execute and be ready. You got to be locked in each and every pitch. Would it have been bittersweet if you guys didn't win? Like, say you get your first hit as a homer and you don't win the game. I mean, to win the game tonight and have everything kind of come together. Uh, I mean, it would have been still cool, but like not not like it uh, not like it was. Um, you know, to get your to be a part of your first like major league win as a team. Um, like that's just as memorable as uh, the home run for sure. And I thought every, I thought we played so well as a team tonight. And like you saw, I was fired up for Mitch when he put that ball out of the yard time. So Mariners back at it on Saturday. They did again, another seven to three victory. Dylan Moore this time providing the big blow. The two, two. Swing and a fly ball deep into the gap in left center field. Luplo going back to the one-inch track to the wall. Goodbye baseball. A three-run home run for Dylan Moore. Out to the pen, his fifth home run of the season. And it's now the Mariners four and the Indians nothing. Here in the bottom of the fourth inning, and Dylan Moore, he is on a roll. That was a nice win for the Mariners, 7-3. to three. So they secured themselves a split in the series heading into Sunday, which was a good thing because they were facing Shane Bieber, one of the best in baseball. Meanwhile, the Mariners were going with a bullpen day. On paper, not the matchup you would want to see, but they already had the split. Lo and behold, though, the Mariners would come through. They get one in the first off of Bieber, and then J.P. Crawford coming through big in the third. Here's the 2-2 from Bieber to J.P. Pitch swung on, line drive, center field, base hit. Here comes Hanny Seeger coming around. He's going to score. Here's the throw to the plate. He got in there with a left hand. J.P. Crawford coming up big with a two-run single, and the Mariners have a 3-0 lead here in the third. They really made Bieber work. He went four and two-thirds, five hits, three runs, four walks, seven strikeouts. The first time he hasn't gotten at least five since June of 2019, 40 starts ago, he struck out seven. That snaps his major league record streak, striking out eight hitters each and every time out. So that record snapped as well. The Mariners did an excellent job against Bieber. And the bullpen did it. Duggar, three scoreless. Seawalds, two scoreless after that. Cleveland would get a couple. 
in the sixth inning. So probably the biggest spot of the ball game, bases loaded after the Mariners intentionally walk Ramirez to face Reyes with only one out. They get a big double play, and this would be the ball game. And he comes set the pitch. Broken bat, ground ball to Walton. Throws over to second for one. Over to Mariners. Double play. Inning over. That was beautifully timed. Nothing across for the Tribe. Get rolling on this one. Uh, heck of a series. Uh, I thought we played our tail off all series long. And, uh, you know, offensively um, got some things going the last couple nights. And I thought uh, the pressure and the, the quality of at-bats today against a very uh, top-notch starter, maybe one of the better ones uh, in this league, obviously, uh, we grinded it. We, we were on base all day. Didn't get a lot of clutch hits, but we got a couple uh, with runners in scoring position, which was just enough today. But, you know, anytime you go into a, a bullpen game, uh, you're going to need some guys to, to step up. And we had a ton of them today, starting with uh, Duggar and Seawald, uh, five scoreless innings. Uh, those guys had eight punch outs uh, today. So uh, uh, obviously everybody knows that what Bieber has and, and the number of uh, strikeouts and how he goes about it. So I can't say enough uh, about our group and just – the competitiveness uh, of everybody today to the bullpen guys, everybody stepping up there, the lineup up and down the lineup, really, really grinding through it. So a nice series win really was. Scott, you said before the game that he was going to make a few mistakes. He did make a few, you guys capitalized on them. And did you sense that your guys were kind of up for it? You said, you know, the whole mentality of bring it and see what we've got. Were you sensing that? from? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, Offensive baseball is contagious. Hitting is contagious. You know, when you get a couple guys going, um, it starts to spread up and down the lineup. It's just a better vibe feeling. I thought the last couple nights we did some nice things offensively and and hoping it would carry into today again. You know, certainly respect uh, their starter and and what he's done, but uh, we were ready. Uh, The most impressive thing today is we didn't chase. We just grinded and really made them throw a ton of pitches. Scott, you guys weren't working with much cushion. Basically, every moment was a leverage moment. How impressed were you with how each guy responded to that, particularly given the context? That this- yeah, our guys, it really is the, the unit within the team. It's that, that really tight group of guys. Uh, they, they kind of work well together. They, they, they spend all that time in the bullpen together, and uh, you know they know they have to lean on each other. We had to lean on the whole group today. Uh, but, you know, even Monty, you know, gave up a couple runs there. I thought he threw the ball well. Uh, he really did. Just the, the leadoff walk ended up coming around to score. Uh, Miz, obviously, the huge double play there in the seventh. Um, Swanee going three out of four days. Uh, and Gravy's been one of the better relievers in the game. So, um, tip my hat to those guys. You got to dig down and find a way to win games like today. And, and we certainly did. With Montero on the mound, there was a couple of mound visits there. Was there miscommunication? Was he not feeling comfortable? That was an un- Yeah, you know, certainly uh, you, you'd want to mix. It was more of a communication sign situation, making sure we were on the same page with the signs we were going to use with a man on second base. So uh, sometimes that happens. you got to slow the game down to make sure you are on the same page. You certainly don't want to make a mistake there and have a cross-up. So that's and what was going on. And not having too. any mound visits after, I think, the seventh inning in that one, does that add pressure to you at all <laughs> at the end of the game? Well, it certainly adds pressure to the catcher because he cannot go out and visit the mound. Uh, he does. i got to pull the pitcher. Uh, and that was not going to happen. Uh, there was an anchor going to be tied to Luis. 
stay behind the plate. Uh, we needed to get Swanee and, and, and Gravy through this one. And, and Luis did a great job. When you run that many pitchers into a game, it's really asking a lot of the catcher. And I thought he did a heck of a job behind the plate today. Uh, we talked how good Will's been, but to, to trust him in that situation. And I don't know how many pitches he had, if it was just the one batter today, but to come in in that one situation, super leverage and get a strikeout to kind of end all of it there. Yeah, if you think about how uh, the evolution of Will Vest, <laughs> he comes to our organization as a Rule 5 guy. Uh, we didn't have a ton of background on him, whatnot. Certainly our, our scouting department, analytical group really liked him. That's why we selected him. Um, but you never know. You know, you get him in camp. We really like what we saw in spring training and his competitiveness. And it certainly has played out that way the first six weeks of the season. He is not afraid. You know, there's certain guys, you know, you hand him the ball and, you know, you look him right in the eye and just say, attack, attack. And he does. He doesn't back off. He knows he's going to give up some hits and a homer here or there. Things like that are going to happen. But he's aggressive as anybody we have down there and uh, didn't have a, a lot of fuel in the tank today, but it was big out in the ball game for sure. Now, you talked with us about JP's adjustment, I think, a week or so ago when you guys were in Arlington. And you can see quietly blossomed into like one of your better contact hitters if, if he wasn't already. Well, I think he, 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 he was at the beginning. And I think talking about like, you know, that you're making contact, you're making adjustments throughout the course of an at bat. Uh, JP doesn't try to do too much. I think he's had an understanding and he's learning and, and who he is, you know, as a hitter and, you know, swinging at the right pitches. You, you hope the guy makes a mistake. He left the breaking ball up to him and he took advantage of it. But you got to keep grinding through it. And, and I give JP a ton of credit. I keep saying he is probably our most competitive guy. Uh, he just hates to lose. He loves being up in those situations, knowing he's not always going to come through, but he wants to be the guy in the batter's box at that point. Hey, Scott, generally, uh, generally speaking, uh, how satisfying is it to pull out of the five game uh, skid you had there the way you did? And then this up and down kind of roller coaster, is that another illustration of, of just how young this team is, kind of learning how to? How to win and, and go through these I things. think if you look around the league, uh, the league is bunched up. It's bunched up for a reason. Uh, teams get hot for, you know, a week, six, seven days, and then all of a sudden you cool down, you know, whether it's it's pitching driven or your offense slows down a little bit. So I don't think we're a whole lot different than anybody else in the league, although we are very young. And there's no question about that. And, and we're learning as we go along. And I said from day one of this season, we will get better as the season progresses, as young players continue to join us and they get more comfortable and they start understanding you know, what it's like to play day in, day out in the big leagues, it is a challenge. You're playing against the best in the world every day. Um, and there are going to be some peaks and there's going to be a few valleys in there. So um, I'm really happy with our group. We weren't swinging the bats well at all. We got it turned around in this series against a very good pitching uh, ball club. Cleveland's always got pitching. they got starters. they got a really good bullpen. Uh, we did against a quality club. Uh, Duggar and Seawald, though, I mean, these guys were – weren't even on the 40. I, I mean, we barely saw Duggar this spring to have them come in and kind of do what they've done. I mean, Seawald doesn't seem, I mean, you know, he's older and he's been around. Yep, both those guys have, have taken um, the information that we have presented them to try to focus on throwing their best pitches more often um, and maybe just tweak a little bit on how they, they use their stuff. Not what they're doing mechanically not changing grips on a particular pitch or anything like that, but just take who you are and, and try to amplify that and use it more often and see what happens. And that's what they're doing. I thought Seawald threw the ball great today. Um, the reports were good. He's thrown the ball really well in AAA. Uh, and we threw a lot at him when we first saw him in spring training and he bit down on it and he's starting to grasp it and he's getting results. So good for both those guys today. They were outstanding.
So the Mariners get the win. They get the series win, and they can feel great about it, beating Bieber in the final game of the series, taking the series from Cleveland, team that's really playing well. So something to build on now as they face Detroit in a three-game series. This is going to be a fun one. You say we'll take the ball tonight. Of course, she's pitched really, really well. Casey Mize will go for Detroit. He was the first overall pick in 2018, one of the top pitching prospects in all the game. He's pitched pretty well so far for Detroit this year. Seven starts already this year, an ERA a touch over four. In 38 innings, he's fanned 27. So we'll see what the Mariners can do with the youngster from Detroit. They have high, high hopes for Mize, and he's part of what Detroit is hoping will be their rise in the Central as they've gone through a rebuild. By the way, that was the same draft that Jared Kelnick was taken six overall by the Mets. So Kelnick taken just five picks after Casey Mize. So they should match up tonight. That should be fun. Justin Dunn will get the ball in game two, 7-10 start. Spencer Turnbull will go in game two. Game three, 7-10 first pitch. Logan Gilbert, this is a very intriguing matchup as well. Logan Gilbert, the start in game three. Tarek Skubal will get the start in game three. He's again thought of as one of the top young pitchers in all of baseball and a local product. He pitches Seattle University, so he gets a chance to come home and pitch at T-Mobile Park. So that should be a really, really fun ball game. Uh, Gilbert going against Scooble. Scooble, an ERA at 5.5. He's had a tough go of it. 11 home runs so far, which is tops in the American League, but really talented. And I know fans hoping for the best for the local product. Maybe not against the Mariners, but against everyone else. So he's so the Mariners get to see two of the top young pitchers for Detroit. Overall, it has been a struggle for the Tigers this year. Coming into the ball game tonight, 14 and 26, uh, just ahead of Minnesota, who is surprisingly in last place at 13 and 25. If you go by run differential, the Tigers are minus 69 on the season. That is dead last in all of baseball. They're just 5 and 14 away from home so far this year. So, Mariners riding high off a nice series win against Cleveland. We'll see if they can take that into Detroit and take another series before heading out on the road against San Diego at San Diego coming up this weekend. So a chance for the Mariners to do some damage in the next few days before that. Speaking of doing damage, Mitch Hanniger has done a ton of damage so far this year. 12 home runs on the season. Shannon had a great conversation with Mitch. With everything that you put in and how you kind of visualized everything, how would you evaluate where you are and what you were able to plan for? And were there any surprises? Um, no surprises this far. Everything's been good. Um, where I'm at right now, I, I'm uh, could be better. It could be worse. You know, I feel like I I, I want to hit for. I really don't ever try try never to look at my average because kind of how I was raised like that your average is what happened yesterday and it doesn't have any effect over today whether it's good or bad. Um, so for me, um, but I know like kind of in the general range of where I'm at and um, it's still early in this part of the season, but I expect to you know hit for a better average and um, but I think that's just time will come and you know as my bats rack up, I feel like I'll be able to find some more consistency. Definitely just uh, at bats, yeah, working through consistency and just trying to find 
um, your timing every day. I mean, I feel I felt pretty good. Um, and yeah, just trying to, I think as the bats accrue, you, you get more steady, you know, as the season comes around. One of the things that you said that you did is you, you worked with the velocity machine before you came back. And, you know, I get that. It's, you're going to stand in, you're going to see velocity. And then you said something, and I've been, I never asked the follow-up, and I, I kind of asked around about, you said you started moving up in the box to even get more. And I asked Mike Flowers, I said, Mike, is that nuts? And he said, yeah, that's nuts yeah. in a good way. But, I mean, how, how did you progress with that, and what did you see, and what did that Yeah, basically more? just ha- having the velocity machine cranked up and then hitting it, and once I felt comfortable on that, I just challenged myself with like, can I get a step closer? Can I get a step closer? And then all to the point where like, you know, you're swinging and missing more than you're hitting the ball, but just really challenging yourself to make your swing really efficient and short. And um, I just, that was one of my big focuses coming back from, you know, from injuries and missing so much time was like, I want my timing to be really good. And I think your timing can be good and your rust can be eliminated if you train really hard and you have your environment that's very difficult, right? If, you, if you're just doing flips and, and live arm DP all off season, um, I don't really think you're challenging yourself as much as you could. And if you're, if you didn't really miss a season or two and, um, you feel fresh from the year before, you might not need to do those things. But for me, I felt like it was necessary to the, when I stepped in the box in spring training, I felt like I did everything I could and I was confident. It really, I felt like it really helped a lot. Did somebody suggest that to you or did you just kind of add to what you were doing and, and progress it that way? Um, a little bit of everything. I, I kind of had a good idea of what I wanted to do and then, um, I work with, uh, I hit with Glenn Allen Hill Jr. And Glenn Allen Hill is always with us too. He'll flip to us sometimes and we kind of talk hitting and he's there most of the days I hit. Uh, I work with a guy named Joey Wolf who throws us batting practice. And then also my, like my, one of my strength coaches, uh, Austin Einhorn, we were just all kind of talking about like, what's, what's the best way to get the most out of your training is to like make it very uh, difficult and make it uh, kind of unpredictable so that's where like mixed BP comes in that's where doing like for instance I would just shift around in the batter's box and have them throw I would just go in the left-handed batter's box and they would have to throw me across like crossfire batting practice so do a whole bunch of different things um, I, I think at the end of the day it just helps you uh, control your body and create more body awareness of like where you are and what you have to do to make contact like your brain's trying to figure things out and um, it can be very helpful those are very different things you're talking about. You yeah, I mean, it? it's kind of like if you watch Steph Curry pregame. He does uh. the craziest stuff you've ever seen. And, like, the conversation I brought up when I was talking to Austin, and he was like, why do you think he does that? And I was like, because shooting free throws and three-pointers is too easy. And he was like, exactly. So if you're taking batting practice every day and it's too easy, make it really hard. Like, do crazy stuff that most people wouldn't even think of to make it more difficult because you're just going to get better at your skill. You're just trying to improve your skill. Reminds me, Edgar Martinez used to take batting practice of the donut. Like yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Was there anything that you did and you're like, oh, that wasn't a good one. You shouldn't do this one. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't I, I didn't ever get too crazy. <laughs> yeah, the, the scooting up on the VL machine is definitely the, probably the hardest one. I think you might have an interesting perspective on this. There's a lot of talk about the pitching right now that everybody is seeing. And obviously, and it's still early, there could be an adjustment, but hitters aren't at a historical pace as a whole for the lowest batting average and you know we see pitchers get bigger stronger everything they're doing stuff too they've got a lot available to them how different does it look for from 2019 when you were last um i'd say velocity is up a little bit um yeah and i think there's a lot of different factors you know i think a lot of teams are going with velocity over command 
and that's why you see hit by pitches up that's why you see they want strikeouts they're okay with walks so there's going to be a lot less action in the game and I think for fans perspective and for to build the game of baseball I don't know if that's necessarily the right way to go about it uh, I know we want more action I mean that's what I think everybody will agree although like watching a, a dominant pitching performance is is great I think most fans want to see more action and I think um, you know especially just tampering with the baseball when you don't really know the effects of it and that hasn't came out to be very helpful for hitters this year um, I, I think that they're doing some things that they need to study more before they do them because the repercussions might be too big. Last question. This was neat. We had a conversation on our flagship station with Kendall Graveman about a week ago, and he was early. He was at the park early, like you are right now, and he said there are four guys that I can really count on being there early, you, Seeger, Tom Murphy. And then you guys also kind of stick around and have dinner together afterwards. Can you tell us a little bit about kind of that kind of bond that you guys have got right now or the you know it's, it's got to be great to sit down after a game and, and talk about things and joke and have fun and, oh and definitely be there early yeah I mean that's something that I you know missed out on like the last year plus um you know kind of even just when I was hurt in 2019 you don't get to go on the road so you kind of lose that connection with guys and once you're you're healthier with each other more often than last year with COVID not being able, being able to be around the guys it was kind of like I've always been someone who's at the field early just because I have a lot of stuff I want to do every day and I, I don't like feeling rushed. Um, and I think it's it's important to, that's kind of what I saw when I was coming up and how you should go about your business, especially for the younger guys. Like you have a lot of stuff you need to do every day to prepare yourself. Um, you don't know how long your career is going to be, so maximize it, right? Get here early. And you know now with the family it is tough, but you have to make sacrifices to, you know, to get where you want to be and sustain the level of play you want to play. But it's been really fun with with those those three other guys uh, after nights. Now Seager's family's here, so he's been he's been getting out a little early, and I don't blame him because he went a couple months without seeing his family, and I know how hard that must be. But um, yeah, it's been fun getting to know. You know, I wasn't here much last year. I got to know Gravy a little bit in spring training before the shutdown happened. But um, you know, I've got to know Murph really well. I've I've known Seager very well for you know five plus years now, and yeah, it's been fun. It's been a really good group. You'll get Kyle back when school's in session. Yeah, right, right? yeah. <laughs> or, and then definitely on the road, definitely on the road. And on the road. Yeah. Fantastic. Now, Mitch, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you.